when I first started serving, and, and he was bullheaded back then, too, so you know, that, dude, that dude don't age, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, but um, I remember going to work uh, to, to minister for him, and uh, the worship was so powerful that there was times I never even got to preach, and I was all right with that. I just, like, sit there and, and just... Uh, worship God, so um, it's, it's a blessing to be able to worship with you guys this morning, and um, it's a blessing to be able to share God's word, and um, so I'm going to share, and I know y'all have a second service, so I was like, cool, I get to preach twice, and I'm not going to I'm not going to preach the same thing either, so if y'all see, if yeah, y'all, y'all, you might have to stay, <laughs> praise God. But don't worry, you could tell the people from the second service, yo, the first service was the bomb. And then I'll tell them to say the same thing. And, you know, I, I didn't know if y'all was recording, but um, I do two services at church as well. And it's hard for me to just say the same thing. I'll try, but, um, you know, I won't make no promises on that. Um, God, God just, he just flows and I go. Amen. He leads and you follow, and that's the deal right there. So um, let's pray, and then I'm going to read a few scriptures. And um, what, what time we go to, Pa? Like he said about 30 minutes, right, minister? So all right, cool. We good. All right. <laughs> the bishop takes longer, right? He tells us 30, and he takes 50. I see how it is. <laughs> Praise God. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. Ah, you're so good, Lord. It just felt good to worship you, Lord, for who you are, to give praise to you for what you've done in our lives, Lord. We could say, I can't wait for heaven where we won't get tired and there'll be no clock and we'll just keep rejoicing for years, I'm sure. And it'll just feel like a matter of moments. You've done so much for us, in us, through us. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would anoint this time, anoint this message, anoint this word, quicken our spirit to receive these scriptures that we've read and heard before. Make it rhema, make it alive, let the lamp for our feet and our path. Illuminate the way because there's much to do in these days. So we thank you for breathing upon us so that we could go forth inspired to do your bidding. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Oh, we got a clock. That's perfect. If y'all want to go to Matthew 16.23, Matthew 16.23. 23, and if you find that quick, uh, after that, we're going to go to Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, that's how the Lord do me a lot of times, I just bring whatever the Lord's speaking in my heart, and I just bring these journals, and like, all right, Lord, say what you want to say, and I'll try to find where I wrote something down, and if not, you know, I'll just flow with the Holy Ghost, amen? amen. Nothing wrong with that, but I like to read some scripture so we could... Make sure we, we get some word in us. All right. Matthew 16, 23, it says, Jesus 
turned and said to Peter. This is after, by the way, just to set this up. Um, Jesus asked questions, and, and Jesus was a great question asker, right? He just he'll just throw something at you, and you you know you just like walk away, right? Or, or fall to your knees, or, or just throw it back to him. Say, only you know, Lord, right? And um, so um, Jesus had, had had asked Peter some questions. He said, "What's the word on the streets?" What they saying about me in the hood, right? What, 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 who do they say that I am? And Peter had the bonchiche. He, he had the 411. He had the gossip. He said, some people saying you this. Some people saying you that. Others are saying this. And, and Jesus was like, okay. And he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Ooh, he said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father, which is that you've been talking about daddy. You've been talking to my daddy? Like you recognizing who I am? He said, boy, let me tell you, on that truth, on that revelation, on that understanding, we're going to build the church. We're going to build the body. See, the Lord's a bodybuilder. Right? He's in a building the body, right? He said, we're going to build a body on that. We're going to erect something. And I'm sure like Peter probably, I know Peter, look, his brother was there. I know he looked out the side of his eyes like, you know what's up, baby? Yeah, right? Like Jesus asked me a question on the spot, and I gave the right answer. You know, before I said some crazy stuff, but I'm growing, I'm growing in the Lord. Come on now. Ain't you happy you're growing in the Lord? You get happy you start growing in the Lord. You can throw a couple of scriptures. You start talking to your cousin. You walk away. I can't believe I said all that. I'm growing. Right? So he says the right thing, and, and the Lord salutes him, acknowledges him, but then Peter just keeps on talking. He should have quit while he was ahead, man. You know, if, if we had some true family behind them, it was like, yeah, 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 chill, chill, that's enough. But he keep, mm, keep talking, right? And now the Lord's telling him, hey, man, I got to pay the price. I have, I have a journey to go on. There's a mission for me. And Peter says, nah, you, I already told you, you're the son of the living God. That ain't going to happen. And this is Jesus' response to that conversation. He turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Like, right? It's like, I was just like the rock, and now he's calling me Satan. And then he says, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Family, I just want to tell you, in this day and age, be careful to get caught up in humanistic, carnal conversations 
and concerns of man. I tell people, the more you talk about politics, the less you talk about Jesus. You could keep talking about America when we should be talking about the kingdom. Now, I understand, and I'm not ignorant for us having an understanding of what's going on in society and in culture, but we always got to flip it. Jesus always flipped it. When they came to him and said, hey, you know, you got to pay these taxes, he said, oh, I'm going to give Caesar what's his. But we make sure we give God what's his. And the kingdom overrides anything that we see in our culture and our country. It's about the king. It's about the Lord. So Peter starts processing things in the natural. And Jesus has come to grips to understand his mission. Family, as the church, we have to come to grips with the mission that God has given us even as an end time church. So when the things that come our way, whether it be um, viruses, the economy, whatever it may be, don't be surprised because God's given you a heads up. He said, in this world, you shall have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. I, I read that scripture one time. I was like, what that got to do with me? He said, in this world, you shall have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. You overcame the world. I need to come overcome the world. But John later says, who is he who overcomes the world? He who has faith in the Son of God. Our faith is in him. So we're going to overcome. We're going to overcome the serpent. Satan, the devil, we're going to overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the words of our testimony. What's your testimony? You should know. You should listen. You should have some you should have some testifying bullets on the side all the time. You should always be ready to testify, even if you just say the Lord woke me up this morning. I got a nice parking spot at church. I had breakfast. There's some people ain't getting breakfast today, y'all. Come on now. Right? You got a job. We in church. There's people who just tested positive last night, and today they just going, they don't know what to expect. Every cough stirs up a fear in them. We always got something to testify, and we could go on and on and on. Come on now. And the older you are, because I'm down with the gray hairs right now, <laughs> I got testimonies. Come on, Bobby, you got testimonies for days. <laughs> I'll take you back in the hood. Come on now, let me testify. And I'll be, I be giving testimonies I wasn't even saved yet. You know the Lord was looking out for you before you even said yes to Jesus? 
That talks about the goodness of God and who he is and the ability that he's given us to overcome. But here in this particular scripture, he says, you a stumbling block because Jesus has somewhere to go. Somewhere to go. And here, Satan is trying to hinder him. See, he wasn't just talking to Peter. He was talking to the hindering spirit. I want to tell you something, family. This whole coronavirus deal, it wants to hinder us. It wants to stop us. Listen, it's real. I'm not the conspiracy theorist. I don't want to lighten it. It, it, you know, two, two, three months ago, I went to bed two nights in a row, weeping, just wondering, man, is my mother going to see it through the night, 11 days on a ventilator in New York City when it was going crazy. We still was learning about the virus. I'm like, mom, you know, when your mother calls you, she's talking about, <sighs> and she can barely talk, and she's telling me, portate bien, like, she's telling me, be good, that's what that means. Be good, son. Like, something to me like a little kid. I'm like, Ma, stop it. Like, you're going to be all right. It's, it, listen, yeah, there's the death rate, and I know some people just recovering three or four days, but look what it's done. It's halted many things. And at first, when we thought it was two weeks, we was like, hey, come on now, praise God. You know, take a break, reset with the Lord. But as the months go by and then our kids can't go to school and 30 percent of Americans couldn't pay their mortgage last month and people getting furloughed and all that. You got to understand this doesn't come from heaven. This is an attack of the enemy to shut our mouths. To get us quarantined to come against the church to try to stop us from speaking and, and all, all the, you know, social justice. Listen, the church should be on the front lines on this. Talking about all the things that matter to God. And of course, black, American, Asian, all those that are down trodden and judged and disrespected we are the ones who's supposed to be speaking and praying passionately to turn the tide back to God but the enemy comes and he tries to hinder you see my pastor taught me this many years ago and I, it just stuck on my mind and it's, it's not to, to say doctrine or theology but I want to have you think of, let's, well, let's, let's do this together. Let's spell devil together. Ready? D-E-V-I-L. All right. Drop the D, and what's the word you got left? Evil. Right? Then I say, this is what the D stands for. Delays. Distractions. And disappointment. The evil one will always try to cause delays in your life. He will always try to bring distraction to get you off the will of God. And he will always 
bring disappointment. So when Jesus is saying and recognizing with the apostles, in particular Peter that day, and saying, man, I'm the son of the living God, he knew that his mission was to die for the sins of the world. Peter was trying to delay him. He was trying to distract him. Whenever you're trying to get somewhere, the enemy will bring up past disappointments in your memory bank. That's why Proverbs said the memory of the, the, the just is blessed. You have to remember the good things that God has done in your life. You got to remember the things that he's allowed you to overcome. You got to remind yourself that you're more than a conqueror. You got to remind yourself that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You got to remind yourself that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You got to remind yourself that you're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in Orlando, even in Oviedo. Wherever you Wherever your feet tread upon, the blessings of the Lord go before you. Come on, somebody. I know there's only 25 of us, but we could get excited. I know it's early. Listen, I don't drink coffee. I just stir myself up in the Holy Ghost. Come on now. I preach myself happy all the time. I don't come on, I need a hoop and hey, hey, I don't need an organ. All I got to do is just keep reminding myself. What the Lord has done. That's what the Gadarene demoniac was instructed to do. That's the dude that was in the cemetery naked, cutting himself. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Guy, that dude was off. He was off the chain. They was putting chains on him. He was breaking them. Ah, chasing people. Wilding out. He saw the Lord, he said, I'm in trouble now. I mean, this dude was so oppressed, suppressed, depressed. He was all kind of pressed. The devil, God cast the devil out of him. They went into a herd of pigs. The pigs ran off the hillside and drowned. You know, that boy was like, glory to God. That was in me. what harasses us herd of demons but God is saying just testify you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony just speak life just speak love just speak truth and here's Satan saying I mean you know Peter saying oh far be it from you and he said get behind me he said you're trying to be a Stumbling block. Now, now watch this. Go to go to Ephesians in, in Scripture. I got to get these scriptures. I get in trouble with the Lord. If I start talking, people be like, "He ain't say no scriptures." <laughs> I speak scriptures. It just comes out of me, you know. But people's like, "What number is that?" <laughs> Ephesians chapter six, verse ten. Ephesians chapter six. Verse 10, what it says here, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 
Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He's scheming, always scheming, always working, always plotting, always coming against the people of God. It says, for our struggle, come on, the struggle is real, y'all. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Ooh, let me read that again. Against the powers of this dark world. <laughs> let me read that again. Against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And we know the breastplate and the belt of truth and the, 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 the gospel shoes and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. We know all that. You know what Jesus said about the church? He said the gates of hell shall not prevail. You know, when we think of that, we always think of like what Satan does to us will not prevail. But it says the gates of hell shall not prevail. You know what that means, family? We attacking. How they do that thing? Right? I break dance now. At this age, all I do is break dance. Every time I dance, something breaks. Come on now. <laughs> Listen, fam. We are on the offense. See, we think, oh, let's stand over here, and we're going to just keep, build up a gate, build up a wall. We'll put a parking lot in the front and call it the church. And we'll just stay here. No, no. We're supposed to be going out and finding the gates of hell and knocking that thing down. It won't prevail against the resistance that we bring forth. But you know what the enemy does? He'll delay your attack. He'll distract you from fighting. See, Abraham Lincoln <laughs> used to have this little dog, and the dog was undefeated. And they asked Abraham Lincoln, why does your dog always win? He says, because when the fight starts, he's head in. He's fight. I mean, from the beginning. See, sometimes people's fighting, they start. You ever seen those boxing matches and they like, and they just, and they hug each other, and they push each other, and all. No, listen. I, I, I'm, you know, I come from New York. That's when Mike Tyson came out. Mike Tyson used to come out. I think he used to be foaming at the mouth sometimes. <laughs> Just going crazy. Listen, we need to take ground, y'all. We need to be aggressive. Be, be aggressive. You never heard the cheerleaders? They reminding us, be aggressive. Be aggressive. But we just there, you know, we don't want to start no trouble. We No, we have a mission. And it's possible. And if it's impossible, we go with the God of the impossibilities. It's not possible for it to be impossible for our God. 
So we move forward. And let me tell you something. Don't let this coronavirus get you to stop doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right now is the time to testify. I was talking to somebody last night, and every time I talk to them, they say, oh, man, the people are scared. The people are scared. I said, listen, people are scared. What are you doing about it? You telling me that they scared doesn't do anything to help them. That's not compassion. So if the world is getting turned upside down and they frozen and they depressed and they hurt, they're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, then that's when the church is supposed to find them and love on them, care for them. Let me pray for you. Let me tell you about God's goodness. Let me tell you about the plan of God. Let me tell you about the revelation. Let me tell you about the second coming of Christ. Let me tell you about the afterlife. Let me tell you about how God helps you overcome these situations that arise in life. It's not time for us to sit back, to be quiet, to be still. No, it's to be aggressive. It's to preach the gospel. It's to tell people. Don't let the enemy stop you on your journey. I was reading something a few weeks ago, and it was talking about the four stages of life. The four stages of life. And as I was reading this, I was saying, it's so important for us not to get stuck in any stage of life. We got to keep progressing. We got to keep growing. We got to keep going from glory to glory. Going from glory to glory to glory. From faith to faith. Right? So the first stage of life is mimicry. Mimicry. When we grow, when we babies, we just, we just mimic what we see. I'll never forget my first niece. I probably was like 13 years old. And I used to have her on the bed. And I used to just look her in the eyes. I used to freak out, be like, yo, she looks like my brother. She looks like our family. And I used to go. And she'd look at me and go. And I go, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, yo, check this out. Watch this. And see, right? And and everything when you're a kid, you just mimic what you see. This is how you brush your teeth. This is how you do these things, right? You teach them. What happens when somebody gets stuck? See, we're not called to be in the mimicry stage anymore. See, if you go back, I'm thinking, brother, I'm thinking you about my age. So if you go back, if you go back and you look at the pictures of you in the 80s, in the 70s, you'd be like, what the heck was I wearing? You know what you was wearing? What everybody else was wearing. Some of you young people in 20 years, when you see them pictures and you in skinny jeans. <laughs> I'm going to be right next to you going, you look stupid, right? <laughs> I knew that 20 years ago, bro. But you was doing what everybody else was doing. Come on now. It's the mimicry stage. 
poor kids in middle school, they all, it's the same. It's just about, it's like, and everybody talks the same. Everybody's trying to fit in. But that's when you step into the next stage of life, which is self-discovery. You start understanding like, hey, man, I can't just keep being like everybody else. That's where becoming a Christian is powerful. Because the greatest thing to discover is the Christ in you. The greatest thing is to discover Christ and then realize where you fit in the plan. And so in our, in our life, that's that stage of self-discovery. See, some people are stuck in mimicry. They still doing what everybody, that's what I see some of these ladies. I see some of these fellas, they just stuck. Dudes wearing track suits with a Kango hat on. You stuck, bro. Them ladies going to the movies with painted on jeans and high heels to go to the movies. You stuck, girl. You are so stuck. Right? You, you, you're still in the mimicry stage. But then, you know, people haven't found themselves yet. It's crazy. When you see people and you be like, man, they still trying to find themselves. You don't know who you are. So you stay stuck. And they, they say they're evolving, but it's just because they haven't found out who they are. See, for you, believers, we found out who we are. We children of God. We the church. We the body of Christ. You want, what the third stage is? Is committed. That's when people get married. See, self-discovery is when people go to, listen, I got family members, they've had like six majors. They go to college, I major in this. I just changed my major. <laughs> now I'm doing this. And then they come out, they get their degree, they have four different majors, and the fifth thing they're doing is not even one of those things. <laughs> it's like the woman at the, <laughs> the well. Mama, she said, you, you, she just said, you, you, done, you said correct. You have many men, and the dude you with now, he ain't even your husband. She was like, surely you're a prophet. No, everybody's talking about you. In the hood, Jesus was a prophet. He said it. He knew it. He never been to the hood. I have a great sermon, and I speak in the hood on that. And I go in on that, and I say words that people be like, he's using that kind of language? <laughs> hey, man, listen, I get raw. The world gets real raw. Hit him with some rated X. And we on some G. That's why they don't respect us. And we know. We come from the NC-17 rated R world. We've been delivered. We ambassadors. If we can't tell people about the effects of sin and where we've been at and what the kingdom looks like, you know, our work is limited. Because all we, it seems that all we tell people is that you need to come to church. <laughs> Somebody's struggling with drugs, you're like, you need to come to church. You need to come to church. And they come to church. You know what happens when a sinner comes to church? Comes to church? They feel awkward. They feel like everybody's looking at them. 
They're like, why are people hugging me? <laughs> what they need is to encounter God from God's people. They need God's hand to touch them. People, come, people should come to church because they already got born again. Because remember, 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 the church is not a building. The church is a living organism with hairs in the nose. With nice hairdos to go out to smell good. I mean, girl, imagine you go to church and you start singing these songs. Great is the faithful. People be like, what's wrong with this person? From the rising. I mean, listen, and I can't sing. I just be trying. But I know what I can do. I can worship. And you can feel it, too. Listen, if you can't sing and you start closing your eyes, great is the faith. You be, ooh, people be like, they believe this stuff already. That's why, man, I'm so grateful for Core Faith and Bishop Quinone for supporting me for 15 years. I went back to New York City with one phone number. I used to walk through New York City six years ago, and I walked down a certain block, and I stopped and just hit a parked car and sit on it and begin to weep. Because I was thinking of the times that I sold drugs out there or the times that I was going into buildings that I shouldn't have been going and getting involved in activities that I wasn't supposed to be getting involved in. But Bishop kept sending them checks from the church. How many New Yorkers we have here today right now? We got one, two, three, amen. We everywhere. We like, <laughs> we like the cucarachas. You can't get rid of us, man. And right now, the coronavirus is going down, and the protests, they leaving. Watch out. They coming to New York. They coming to Florida more. That's why y'all went to Oviedo, to get away from all the New Yorkers in Orlando. <laughs> right? But I go up there, man, and I'm seeing people just six years, we got 80 Bible studies throughout the city. What's that about? Because, yeah, you can lead somebody to the Lord, but it's about making disciples. It's like, yo, you in charge of these 10 people. Y'all getting the word. You in charge of these five people. Man, who are we ministering to when this time is near? Because, you know, that third phase, that third stage in life is committed. What you're committed to? Loving God, growing together, serving, reaching others. That's the third stage of life. So when people come to core faith and then they go to another church and they go to another church, you know where they, they stuck in self-discovery. But if you know who you are and you come in and you faithful to the Lord, bang, I'm committed right here. It's on and popping. I've been coming here for 15 years, and I still see a lot of the same faces. Y'all faithful. Y'all committed. And that's why y'all growing. Whether I see you downtown, whether I see you in the house of the Lord, 
Think of all the people that have backslidden. Think of all the people that have gone back to the world, gone back to Egypt. But you don't stay stuck mimicking others or searching for yourself. You got committed. And then the fourth stage of life, the fourth stage of life is legacy. Bishop has been pastoring, I think, y'all probably on like year 18. Y'all rolling up on, you know, y'all getting out of the teenage years and leave a legacy. Y'all already know who's taking over my church. You know, I get on, I get on a, about a hundred, hundred something flights a year. And I said, if one of those flights don't land, what they going to do? What's wifey going to do? I'm not saying stuck in my commitment and just narrow focus on that. Now I'm thinking about what I'm going to leave behind. Don't let coronavirus, don't let any Anything that the world, who's in the White House, let nothing slow you down and become a stumbling block in your journey. Keep growing. Don't get stuck and be who God called you to be. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this body, this congregation, these awesome souls, saints sitting in this building. They found a good place to worship. They found a good community to be surrounded by and to serve with. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you will bless the work of their hands, that they will be that living organism that the enemy can't stop. For you said when you anoint us, we'll run through troops and leap over walls. Nothing can stop us because you go with us and before us. In Jesus' name, amen.